Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Read us the whole chapter, that's what I plan on doing, but... um, I plan on just depositing a little thought tonight, really, sincerely, not, 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 not getting in any deep water. Psalms 126, and the Bible reads with verse number one. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now this title tonight is a little contrary maybe to what is normally said. But uh, you know, today we have a lot of little newfangled things concerning uh, seeds and flowers and things like that. And they have their advertisement, just add water. There you go. I want to do something a little differently this evening for my subject. That is this, just add seeds. Just add seeds. All right. Can we pray together this evening? Father, I come to you tonight. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. God, I felt dark today with prayer, God, but this will be the direction of God for this assembly tonight. God, although, Lord, this may not be some long out thing, I pray, God, that there is a thought that will be deposited. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Church, say amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, just add seeds. Just add seeds. You'll just sit, amen, here tonight. We'll try to work through the word of the Lord here in a timely manner, in a timely fashion. The idea, the idea of tears have always been held as a very precious commodity in the eyes of God. They have been things that have always caught the eyes and the attention and the compassion of the Lord. Tears have always been caught by his eye. Insomuch the Bible states that David in his writing, Psalms 156 and verse 8, that he would tell as though he were speaking unto the Lord that you would put my tears, he said, into thy bottle are they not in thy book 
He was almost referring to something not just a literal but a spiritual aspect. It was commonly known in the culture of the land of this time in New Testament time that uh, particularly whenever mourners would be brought in for mourning over with deep grief or the loss of a loved one that many times they were asked to bottle their tears for the purpose of the deceased as a memorial of how much that person was loved and how much attention was shown toward them. No doubt David having that in mind is thinking though concerning his own life of struggle and trouble that had provoked at time tears to stream down his face and even ask God put thou my tears into bottles or not they in thy book as though God was taking record as though he was taking due diligence concerning the tears that were being shed by his servant David. Even in New Testament scripture, we bear out somewhat of the story that whenever uh, the lady had went into the place where Jesus was at uh, supper, that whenever she came in and that she broke the alabaster box, that there was probably another vessel that she had. The Bible said that she washed the Lord's feet with her tears. And it would almost seem an impossibility for somebody to be able at demand and command to provoke and cry the amount of tears that would be needed in order to wash a per- the person's foot. So it is greatly probable that this lady had over a period of time had collected her tears to bring into the presence of the Lord and from that urn or bottle of tears that she had gathered over a period of time had used that literally for the washing of the Lord's feet with her tears because uh, there are very few people, I know of some, but it's not the easiest thing to cry on demand. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be, you know, just, I mean, I've seen some, some just have that drama gene that's in them and they can, they can just drop that honey and sunny. They can, they can be start flowing with nothing, you know, hardly anybody a sneeze about it. They can, but there's not too many people like that. I, I very seriously doubt I could go through the congregation tonight and just, you know, I could ask a lot of things from you folks, but be able to come up to you and say, hey, would you just cry for me a little bit? Now you might have the noises and maybe some of the gestures that's, that's, that, that incorporates all of that, but it would be hard to have some literal substance of tears unless you punched yourself in the eye. It's going to be hard to get some tears that actually just flow and go just by demand saying, come on, let's all just cry together. You don't hear people, they say let's worship together, let's glorify God together. You never heard a preacher get up and say let's just all cry together. Because in order and being able to cry or, or produce that moisture from your eyes on demand is, is almost a impossibility, except for those few with that drama gene in their life that can do that. And yet whenever we look and we consider the idea of tears, we know that at different times in our life that we can experience tears whenever we have joy. We can have tears whenever we have sorrow. Many times, from my understanding, the tears of joy that come, joy usually comes whenever something sorrowful has happened. And usually the joy then that comes and tears that flow with that joy is just a simply means of release for the person from all the sorrow 
and the heartache that they have experienced up until that time of joy. So many times, even throughout God's word, more so than there being encounters and descriptions and writings about a person crying or weeping in scripture because of joy, for the most part, it is recorded because of sorrow. It's recorded because of death or grief or disappointment or discouragement that we see people are crying. David was a ball bag in scripture. You see him throughout the Psalms many times. The Bible speaks that he cried out to the Lord and sometimes those cry outs weren't just a shout or an elevation of his voice. It were literal tears that fell from his face. In one place in scripture, David's talking to God and he said, God, I have wet my couch. I've wet my couch with tears. Job even stated in his book through the calamity of his life that he was basically swimming in his tears. We know Jeremiah to be the weeping prophet during his time. The book of Lamentations is owed to him as being the author. Lamentations, lamenting, crying out to God. The many tears, no doubt, that he had cried. But it's great to understand today that our tears are noticed and known by the Lord. God is recording them. David says, come down and even catch them in a bottle. And there's something that brings me comfort even from the tears that I have. If God is going to gather them in a bottle, then my tears automatically make me have an appointment with a visitation of another world amen and so there's this crying out unto the Lord amen the sorrow that happens at times in our life and here is where I wish to bring us here this evening the Bible states here in the scripture in Psalms 26 to understand the context and the setting of scripture these are a group of people that David is speaking of and I know we've talked about this a lot amen over the course perhaps of several months that these are a people that are coming and turning again amen the captivity of Zion these are a people that are coming out of what we have spoken of many times that Babylonian captivity that land that they were foreign to they had the rigors of life amen to happen there but they are coming out and as a result of coming out you can only imagine the joy after being in captivity for 70 years we cannot even begin to fathom if you will uh, of the joy and the exuberance and the celebration right now that they are having in their life the Lord they said have done great things they can only now dwell upon the moment of this glorious amen being separated from their bondage now going into a place of freedom God has turned their captivity God has turned their sorrow into joy God has turned their bondage into freedom so they are overwhelmed they said this just this almost seems too good to be true I almost believe that I'm even dreaming all of this because this is so wonderful this is so great and this is so grand that God has done this and what we learn this evening from verses number five and verses number six, what we learn this evening is what they learned from their time of captivity. What we learn in verses five and six is the moral, if you will, of their story of captivity. Because they stated these words, they that sow 
in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. What we're reading in the verses prior to five and six are the reaping with joy. What we're reading with verses one through four is the bringing forth of sheaves with rejoicing. But prior to the rejoicing and prior to the joy were the tears. I need to relay this evening if I can this. And this is not what the scripture was saying. I felt like God sent me this direction tonight. This is not what the scripture was saying. That whenever you go out to sow seed, you need to be crying and shedding some tears. I don't believe that's what the scripture was saying. As though you take your bag of seed in hand and you go out by demand and you demand and require of yourself some tears so that you can water the soil and water the seed that you are bearing. That is not what the spirit of the scripture is saying. That you go and do your sowing and you cry over it. But what I believe the scripture is saying is this, is quite the inverse of that. That there will be times in your life. There will be discouragement. There will be disappointment. There will be affliction. There will be sickness. There will be circumstances that will provoke tears to flow down your face. There will be some circumstances that will provoke amen you to cry and you to weep and you to be sorrowful and what God was saying was this do not miss the opportunity in your affliction. Do not know somebody Hear me today. God's saying don't waste your affliction. Don't waste your discouragement. Don't waste your heartache. If you're going to have tears flowing down your face, then go grab a seed bag and do some planting because some of the best times to plant is whenever you're in sorrow. Some of the best times to plant is whenever you're in 70 years of captivity. Some of the best times... Somebody hear me right now. Uh, from my understanding, one of the primary elements in order to get a seed to germinate, in order to get a seed to grow, is that it needs water. It needs water. God's not saying, get the seed and you provide the water. But God says, when the water's flowing, you go get the seed. Someone say glory. glory. I'm telling this church today because I look over in minds and I feel like whenever I step to this pulpit tonight that there is a little spirit of oppression that's lingering over this congregation and over people in this place tonight. Yes, sir. It was here this morning. It's here tonight. And I recognize it in my spirit. A little spirit of oppression that just seems to be hovering in this place. Amen. And I've come to tell you tonight, there have been enough people in here that shed some tears. Some of you, it takes a lot for you to cry. But God says, whenever I get you to that place that you're crying, he says, don't waste those tears. Don't waste those tears. Don't waste those tears. Yes, 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 yes. Some of you have had sickness and financial woe. Oh, some of you have fretted and God took you to a place of crying and tearing up. You know what God's saying? That's fine. Just don't waste that. Go get a seed bag and plant because the seed cannot, cannot grow without water and you can't demand the water to come through your life but you can go get the seed as the water is flowing. Just plant the seed and whenever it's all said and done, you can go forth crying but if you're planting seed, you're gonna go back to the same place where you cried. 
you're going to go back to the same place where you cried and you're going to be rejoicing with the harvest of what you planted during your sorrow. Someone say amen. You need to plant the seed during your tear season. Plant the seed during your sorrow. God told them in the book of Ecclesiastes, they thought they were so smart, thought they, they were so educated, they could somehow look at the sky and look at different things to discern when would be the most appropriate time to plant. When would be the most appropriate time to sow? When would be the most appropriate time to, to do all these various things? In Ezekiel, or rather Ecclesiastes chapter number 11, he told them, amen, in verse number 4, he says, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. He says, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. He said in verse number six, in the morning sow thy seed in the evening, withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether they shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Yeah. Says you don't know. Says you, you're watching, you're watching the weather, you're watching the sky, you're watching different things, you're trying to decide when's going to be a good time to sow. And I guarantee you this, most people don't think during their trials a good time to plant seed. Most people do not think when the heat of the battle's upon their neck that that's a good time to work in the field. Let me tell you, folks, we've all had it. You've been provoked to tears at times in your life. I have too. I'm not immune to it. I can, I can distinctly remember times in my life when I was just overwhelmed, overwhelmed with emotion. Perhaps things were not going well. Tears filled my eyes. I can remember whenever I was away from this place, my wife and I, there would be times I would call Bishop, amen, my pastor, and he would hear me cry uncontrollably over that phone. I remember as a child growing up, as a young man growing up in the church, there were just sometimes, Brother Mason, that life all by itself had a way of provoking and squeezing moisture and tears out my eyes and let me tell you what I wanted to do this is what Paul McGee wanted to do in those moments I didn't want at those moments if I were playing the drums I didn't want to play the drums anymore if I was going through that period of time I didn't want to teach those children anymore right now at that period of time if it was evangelizing I remember one time coming home we were going to preach out somewhere while we was home and it was one of those times I cried and wetted my, my father's shoulder I didn't want to go there and preach another sermon and do that again but he said you know what he said in every one of those episodes he said you keep playing the drums you keep teaching the Sunday school class you, teach, you keep preaching the word of God what was he doing he was saying this is a great opportunity this is a great opportunity don't waste the water don't waste the tears just add some seed keep on working be on diligent go on and get some seed and plant it in the soil it's not time for you to quit whenever your trouble comes. It's not time for you to hang your harp on a willow somewhere whenever your trouble comes because you say, well, what can I advantage? What can I do? This is a hard time. Nothing productive can be done while I'm going through this. I dare to say the difference. Perhaps the best thing that ever came out of your life and your life for God could prosper during that time of hardship, during that time of turmoil, but you got to bring and access the seed and accompany it with your tears. Uh-huh. 
Verse 3, he said, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. If the tree falls south or the, toward the north, in the place where the tree falls, there lie. There it should be. But look at verse number 11. We've looked at this, verse 1 of, of chapter 11. We've looked at this before. He said, cast thy bread upon the waters. Cast thy bread upon the waters, where thou shalt find it after many days. Scripture's not speaking of a literal bread. Like feeding ducks or geese, you go out there with your bunny bread and you're tearing it up in pieces and you're, yes sir, you're tearing it up in pieces and you're throwing pieces of it. No, no, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the grain from which the bread is made. The corn or sometimes the wheat. The seed from which the bread is made. Because the Bible says at a certain season, the Jordan would off time overflow its banks. At a certain season. The expanse and the availability of water was more abundant than what it would be at normal times. And it was at those times in the context of the city in the scripture, at those times when the abundance of water was there, that they would go get their seed, their corn, or their wheat, and they're throwing their seed upon the water. And the reason for doing so was not because they didn't lack an abundance of soil, but they didn't always have that abundance of water. Oh, Sataha. And so they're, they're going and telling the wife, honey, the Jordan's overflowing its banks. Kids, the Jordan's overflowing its banks. Go get your seed bags. Go get the corn bags. Go get the wheat bags. Because we can't miss the season that's upon us right now. Mother and father and sister and brother at the bank now of an overflowed river are standing there and just as quick as they could plunging their hand in the seed and throwing it on the water. Plunging their hand in the seed and throwing it on the water. If one would be void and go dry, go get another bag. There's not always this much water that's flowing at the Jordan. Go get another bag of seed. And they're casting it and they're throwing it. They're casting it and they're throwing it. And there's various purposes why that took place. Because while being upon that water and it overflowing its banks, that seed and that wheat and that corn, amen, as the waters would begin to subside, amen, would find itself in places that they may otherwise never be able to get by themselves had it not been for the water. Amen. And so there's going to be seed that's going to be planted and put in places, amen, that are otherwise they could not even put there themselves. But secondly, the reason why is because there is an abundance of water so they had to take advantage of the abundance of water and the, 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 the promise of the scripture is this for thou shalt find it 
while others may have thought, man, what are they doing? They're throwing some seed away. They're throwing some grain away. They're throwing some wheat away. The promise of God was this. You shall find it after many days. What are you saying, Lord? I'm saying that you may sow in tears or you may sow in abundance of water, but you're going to reap in joy. I'm saying that if you're going forth weeping, don't forget your seed bag. You're not throwing that away. It's not a lost cause in your despair. You're going to reap with joy if you sow during your trial. Someone say amen. Uh Provide the seed. Sometimes in certain modes our own lives are producing our water and our own lives need to be the seed. You know what they say? They say that some seeds don't just germinate because of water or because of oxygen. But some seeds have a very hard and rigid exterior. You know, certain things can happen in people's life and man, their sorrowful tears are flowing down their face. Then there's other people, it takes a whole lot to cause the water to flow. But I guarantee you that if you plant during that time of difficulty, as Hezekiah did, where Isaiah told him, he said, Hezekiah, you're going to die. Hezekiah is weeping. Overwhelmed by this fresh news, he is weeping. He's crying. But you know what he accompanies those tears with? Some prayers. I can't miss the opportunity of the water. I'm going to plant some seed because of the abundance of water that's here. And even before Isaiah got to the outer court, the Lord had done spoke to him to return to Hezekiah. And you tell Hezekiah, I've heard his prayer. I'm going to lengthen his days by 15 years. Hannah, overwhelmed by the barrenness of her spirit, is sorrowful. She's disappointed. She's discouraged. She's crying tears. Feels like she's on the bottom of the barrel concerning the relationship that she has with her husband and that of the other wife there within the household. She's sorrowful. She's crying. But you know what she does? There's an overflow of water right now. Hallelujah, there's water available. I need to grab my seed bag. And she heads to the house of the Lord. And she's in the temple and she's crying. But she just don't have tears there. Amen, that's just hitting the ground with no purpose and no use. She's coupling some prayers. She's planting some seed. Amen, while she's crying. Amen, and it's not until, but according to the time of life, that there is be a boy that is being formed in her womb. How in the world could that happen? How now are 
are you, Hannah, so joyous about giving the son back to God? Let me tell you, the joy that I have right now is due to the seeds that I planted in my sorrow. Amen. The celebration that I have right now is due to the seed that I planted from the tears that fell from my face when I was disappointed and overwhelmed. Someone say amen. If you'll stand with me this evening. We bow our heads in this place. Again, God is not asking you to provide the water on demand from your life for the seed that you're carrying in your life. He's asking you to take advantage of when the water is flowing from your life to plant the seed at that moment of time. And see, this is against human nature. This is against human nature. To want to plant during our turmoil. To want to plant when every other indication around us is telling us it's not a good time to plant. But God says, I don't always work on the plane that men think. I work on a different plane. But whenever the tears are flowing because of your adversity and your calamity and everything else that we could label it, in life he says that's when you plant the seed that's when you plant the seed do it in your sorrow do it in your disappointment do it whenever you're fearful do it whenever you're questioning plant the seed and if you do that you're going to come forth from that same place that same area you're going to be rejoicing why were they rejoicing because of after 70 years of captivity while they were in captivity and tears flowed from their eyes and they wondered if they would ever be able to go back home while they were there. They said, God, we're going to plant some seeds. We're going to plant some seeds. I'm telling somebody that's sitting here tonight that there'll be times that you operate in certain positions and functions in this church and you'll at certain segments in your life because of what's going on in your life, you'll want to walk away from them. But let me tell you something. The best thing that you can do is keep planting the seed during that most time, that greatest time of turmoil in your life. You got to do it whenever it's overflowing its banks. There's some here that can give testimony tonight about the joy of having planted in their sorrow. We have people sitting among us tonight that could testify of the joy and the exhilaration. Maybe of not planting whenever it was the sorrowful time, but the benefits, the kickback, the reapings, the harvest of having planted during sorrow. I'm asking us tonight as a church, as us individually, that the next time that a tear strays from your eye and from your face, Please let not that drop to the ground in vain. But grab you a seed. Grab you some wheat. Grab yourself some corn. And say, God, if I'm going to be crying tears over what I'm presently going through. Or if I'm going to be crying tears over the present condition and situation of the church. If I'm going to be shedding tears. Help me be planting seeds. Help me be planting seeds. Because this sorrow is not always going to be here. This abundance of water isn't always going to be here. So I'm asking you tonight, rather than just add water, 
just add some seeds to the water that's there as a result of your affliction. Don't be afraid. God ain't going to let that get out of him. David said in Psalms 140, he said, The Lord maintains, the Lord maintains my affliction. He knows whenever he needs some tears for a planting. He knows when he needs some adversity that will, that will somehow produce some sorrow in a life for the purpose of a planting that will be for the purpose of a harvest. Little do we know sometimes the reason why God picks us to go through certain things that we go through because he knows who he can entrust with the overflow of the water for the purpose of planting some seed with. These altars are open tonight. I wish we had come for Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.